Payback widow, weaving wisdom in your web. Share with me the secrets that my ancestors left. Whisper words of truth that'll ground me to the core. Set my heart on fire, I'll be idle no more. Black widow, black widow, black widow. Aloha mai kako and welcome to Thrive in Resilience. My name is Noel Kale Kalaunu Okoe'i Osha and I'm the host for this podcast. Today, we are very fortunate to be back after a minute of not having any episodes with episode 8. Chihi. Um, and we have a very special guest today, my cousin, Javier. So, Yay. and we also have Kaula. Yay! Who will try to touch the phone throughout the whole thing. And it's okay. It's okay, honey. Okay. So, Havel. Hi. Hi, Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm a big fan of Thrive and Resilience. I've listened to all of the episodes. Oh, shoot. And I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you in your bedroom on the floor in Kaneohe. Kahalu'u. Kahalu'u. Yeah, Kahalu'u. And there he goes. He's off. He's off. All right, so let's, let's get to it. (laughs) <laughs> and he's gonna play some music for us too. <laughs> we uh, wow, we've been trying to find a quiet place to record for you all. Uh, this is um, you know, take three, but this is great. Should this we hide in a closet? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think we're okay. I think so too. That was just a little interlude with his guitar. Yeah, he's like a sound tech. Sound tech, hired. Hyping up your podcast i actually don't have any music level. so that would be kind you of fun do. i oh do you have a song? oh i have a song but not like um instrumental yeah he could be my instrumental he totally could that would be cool okay so let's get to it how are we connected we are <laughs> okay you can't keep laughing sorry this is keep so laughing. funny <laughs> <laughs> okay honey we're gonna be professional the time that we can't hear you playing music from now on. Okay, good. Okay, so we are connected, you and I. Um, we're first cousins. Our mom and dad, my dad, your mom, our brother and sister. And we're also connected in soul and heart. And we are also co-parents of Makua Valu. Mm-hmm. And we're also partners in crime and getting into trouble our whole lives together. So we're connected in many fun and important ways. Uh, the, when you said getting into trouble, I just thought about how you talked Papa Kayama into letting me drive his car. <laughs> and that resulted in to me driving his car into a gate. Well, you know, just getting stuck in a gate. Yeah. You know, I tend to talk kupuna into like letting us do things that they don't normally do. So that was a fun time, and Noel, you also just kept driving. <laughs> you hit the gate, and you didn't stop. So why was that, too? <laughs> and then I didn't get to drive afterwards, because you went first. Lesson of the story is let Havel go first on 
the little bit more crazy yeah, stuff. Because she would have definitely stopped when she hit the kids one time. I'm so glad you went first because then I never hit the car. Because <laughs> I would have hit the car too. <laughs> oh, that just reminded me of prom. A story, oh for... <laughs> oh, story for another time. Wow. Okay. We're good drivers. <laughs> We're good drivers. This was when we were first starting. Right. Okay, when, you, when you're first starting anything, you you have slip-ups. Oh, God. The grace of being a first starter, though, that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell us the story behind your name. I guess tell us your name and, and the story behind it. Okay, great. My name is Pearl, um, which is my tutu's name. So I am named after Pearl Miley. Looning later married to be Coleman, so it's really fun to be to be a namesake of hers because she was just a trailblazer, a lot of fun, always getting into trouble, also way more than me. Um, but she always shared those stories with us, and you know she was this kind of lady who, in the, in her time, she asked her husband to marry her you know so she really wasn't she really wasn't trying to abide by any rules and stuff like that so I feel special being named after her and then um in my name I'm named after two grandmothers so also on our side our tutu Kale so I'm named after her also and I think my mom kind of did that in a way to honor both both of my grandmothers and honor both sides of our families my Hawaiian name is an Inua Po, so a name that comes to either the mama who's hapai or somebody in the family while the mama is hapai during a dream. Yeah, so Po is nighttime, Inua is name, and my mother actually is the person who received the name in her dream, and she just dreamt of her and my dad being really, really happy and walking hand in hand down a beach and receiving this special gift that they were so proud of and so my name has is derived from that dream and most people call me Havel that is a part of my Hawaiian name and then my last name is Kaiyama and uh, if you are paying attention to the series Auntie Rachel already (laughs) went into that a little bit but we are a Kai or ocean name and the fun part about Kaiyama is that um, it comes from our gra- our papa's family, but in his family, that wasn't actually their last name. It was a Chinese last name. And there's a lot of stories about uh, Ohana Hawaii, so families in Hawaii who uh, changed their last name for all kinds of reasons. So when they changed their name over to Kaiyama from the Chinese name, I think it was Liang. I might be totally wrong. I gotta look into it. No? I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, well, there is a... It's like... It's something similar like that. But when they changed it, what's, what was interesting is we actually do have Kayama blood because our tutu, who married our papa, her family had Kayama blood. Oh, shoot. Yeah, so that was... It's weird. I'm, so I've 
I don't really pay attention too much to like Papakayama's Mooku Alha when I'm looking at it because we don't know our Tutu Kale. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm mostly like just looking at her stuff because I'm like, what do I don't know you, so maybe I can learn about you here. Yeah, what and can then, you gain? Yeah, what can I gain? So I don't. Um, wow, great, great interlude, Kaula. Um, yeah, so I don't really know. I'm trying to picture the chart in my head right now and see where that's documented, if it's even documented. On, um, on the Moku Alhau, on the genealogies that we have recorded, yeah. paper wise, because I never heard that story before. Yeah, it's in there. She's she, her in her family. She's a Kayama at some point. So, even though we weren't Kayama from Papa, we are Kayama. <laughs> wow. Which is kind of how it works out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's my name. I love my Hi. name. Uh, it's very special to me, and I think I grew up learning that your name carries a lot of your mana, or your your spiritual well-being, and um, therefore, in our family, we didn't always share our entire name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you kind of, yeah, you have to be careful because sharing your whole name can sometimes... It depends who who is receiving it, right? Mm-hmm. So it can sometimes be received the wrong way. Um, and of course, in a name, there's light and there's darkness. You know, there's like duality in a name, right? And so if you if you share that with a person and who maybe doesn't have your best interest at heart, they might play off of the duality that's mostly pole mm-hmm. or mostly darkness in mm-hmm. your name. Mm-hmm. So that's a... That was always a big practice and belief in my ohana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which probably came from your mom's side and your tutu. Yeah. <clears throat> because on our, on your dad's side, on my mom's side, we don't know much about that. You know, the stories we have is like, well, I was told it's not good to be Hawaiian and to stop talking. And mm-hmm. um, I remember driving with Papa Cam and him being like, yeah, I don't know any of Hawaiian and mm-hmm. it makes me sad and. Mm-hmm. It, you know, <clears throat> a lot of that acculturation and kind of assimilative practices were placed on yeah on that side. So I'm glad. I'm grateful for your tutu and I'm grateful for your mom and that fusion of our families in that way. Oh yeah, it was placed on her side too. You know, she had uh, she always tells a story about this auntie she had who was like beautiful and played the harmonica and she would speak Hawaiian and then whenever my tutu would come around as a little girl she would tell her don't speak hawaiian you know Mm-mm-mm. so she would tell us those stories too um what i noticed is that as she got older she would speak more and more hawaiian yeah so kind of like that rebellious streak coming mm-hmm. out again mm-hmm. towards the end of her life i mean she still did she wrote a whole she spoke throughout her time but not a lot but more to us as mm-hmm. she got older and she wrote a whole book like an olalo hawaii book of just the olalo that she knows mm. yeah so i think it kind of might just go back with her being like yeah i don't really agree with this wow but she still wanted to be respectful <laughs> yeah. of her kupuna, well know? and that makes me think of mulan movie where it's like she had to defy her family in order to actually bring honor to her family mm. and i was like wait what <laughs> right that is sometimes what ohana is. And, like, imagine if your tutu hadn't done that, mm-hmm. you know, and made the choice when it was like, mm, actually, wow, that's awesome. Okay, 
So, where are you from? And this question, you know, in, in the way you want to answer it, where are you from? I know exactly how I want to answer it. I'm from Kailua on the island of Oahu. And um, going back to the importance of a name, Kailua is like just infiltrated nowadays with so many different types of people and foreigners and tourists and um, a lot of people who now live there. Well, you'll, you'll get the question often in Hawaii is where are you from? And people who now live there will say, I'm from Kailua. <laughs> and there's just like, it might sound really subtle to some people, but there's just like such a big difference if you do know the language. Mm-hmm. Even if you know it a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, Kailua and Kailua mm-hmm. are two totally different mm-hmm. meanings. Mm-hmm. Um, kai is kukai, which is right. your, your doodoo. <laughs> Yeah, and Lua is two, so you're saying you're from two doodles, <laughs> you know. So it kind of like uh, you have to be nice. Like you, I, I try not to think like two hard thoughts or harsh thoughts, but it's like you're saying you're from two doodles, you know. And it's like no, that that's definitely not where I'm from, you know. I'm from Kailua. I'm mm-hmm. from two waters. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about water in Hawaiian, that is richness mm-hmm. and wealth. Mm-hmm. So doubly, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, my kai. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the waters, the water that I am from, is called Ka'ele Pulu. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice that, like, our kupuna kind of interwove that at, into our language, mm-hmm. that the words are so subtle, mm-hmm. because... It, it, it kind of helps give a little comedic relief to us nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like when someone is walking around, for example, saying, I'm Kamaaina. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you're not, you know, we know you're not, <laughs> you know, because if you were, you would be saying, I'm Kamaaina. Mm-hmm. So nowadays it, it helps me a little. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help me a lot, but it helps me a little knowing what my home is now like. Mm-hmm. Um, that when people do walk around saying they're from Kailua, I know they're mm. not really from there. <laughs> and that it's still my home and it's still mm. a special place to me and it's Kailua. Mm. Well, and then thinking about Kiale Pulu, yeah. right? Because So if you go even that further, because yeah. then a lot of people say they're from Enchanted Lakes. Right. So a lot of our beautiful name, place names have been replaced with, I don't know, just weird, weird English words and names. Just mm-hmm. weird. Enchanted Lakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they translated it or something mm-hmm. like that, but it sounds like some swampy... Well, I was just thinking of that. There's like a movie about some kind of lake creature. It sounds like a creature. Yeah. For sure. There's like, there has to be a creature in Enchanted Lakes. Lives there. Like, yeah. But I was thinking about Kealepulu as the elementary that you went to. So not only... I mean, so mm-hmm. it did survive in some place, but mm-hmm. it also survived in a place that fostered your growth and development as a young person. Sure, sure. And Ele Pulu. So a lot of the schools will still have some of the names of like mm-hmm. the areas, mm-hmm. right? So if you're still kind of clumping it into one general area, a lot of times the school can kind of give you a, a hint as to maybe what this specific part of the mm-hmm. land was once called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about elementary school for you. I just like I'm now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, have y'all had this girl friend named Jasmine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought of her, but I was like, Kelly Pulu Jasmine. Yeah. Um elementary school was so much fun. 
I just had a blast and it was interesting because a lot of people whenever I would go outside of my home a lot of people would tell me oh Chok Chok Haoles live in Kailua mm-hmm. but I, that wasn't my experience of mm-hmm. it at my elementary school mm-hmm. it was like total local group of kids you know we all was wearing slippers it was most like half Hawaiians half local Japanese you know and then maybe like two or three keiki who in our class who weren't Hawaiian or Japanese and but it's definitely changed since mm-hmm. then but when I was growing up I'm like no that's not what Kailua is like yeah yeah so that was kind of interesting going yeah. out of there and mm-hmm. then people telling me like oh it's there's so much houses there and I was like wait what I don't, I don't, I don't understand I don't know where they're at yeah. like and what what do you think happened to all of the Hollywood or I mean I mean all of the local people that you felt like I grew up around? How come they're not being represented in in your community? I guess in the way that you yeah they're just being um, choked out. It's just like so expensive. Mm-hmm. You know I think that a lot of people were probably living in multi generational homes at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe the senior of the family you know passed That's on. Or whatnot, and therefore they they could no longer live there. Um, there still is like a handful of Hawaiians there, and and there's like this big development going on right now that they're trying to put up in Kailua. And I know some families that have been there for a long time that are uh, trying to do their best to protect that area mm-hmm. and just not let this continued flood of development happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unregulated. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and and who who that will attract even more so, especially if it's not bringing back the ohanas that originally are from there sure. and live there, because I mean if that was if that was part of the process of like no this is specifically to bring people home to Kailua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, that would be that would be cool. But I don't even. We ain't there yet. I mean, yeah, that's it's exactly what happens, right? Because then the homes are so expensive yeah. I'm just thinking of my own tutu and grandpa's mm-hmm. home you know like my grandpa's still alive but you know when he passes away it's like what's gonna happen like I don't think any one of our families could really afford what it would cost right. to live there right. um, so then it's like it's up to that that line of the children like mm-hmm. so what's the best option mm-hmm. is it to try and take on this mm-hmm. or is it to sell mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And then who to sell to, right? Yeah. So for all of those who are listening, um, to share where you're from in Hawaii is to also share uh, the struggle that comes with it and the reality of it no longer being um, attainable to you and your family to access in the same way, to continue to live in that space, um, to continue to do the things that you used to do or continue to have the same kind of community that you had. Mm-hmm. So, like, Ula going to school in in Kailua <laughs> would be very different from when you went to school in Kailua. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, my friend had told me that she went to Kailua, I mean, Kaelepulu for, like, a training. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so what are the kids? What's the makeup of the kids? Yeah. And she was like, they're all military kids. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, so... It, it's not like I've been out of elementary school that long. No. You know, it's for not. it to be a complete, like, one 
180. Yeah, we minutes. we went to go pick up a bed frame for my mom from a guy in Kailua. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, um, you know, and he was a Haole guy. And he's like, oh, if you guys are looking for, like, um, a more diverse school, uh, check out Kalaheo. You know, there's a lot of military kids there. And I was like, diverse by what means? I didn't really like, no, I didn't know. You know, I was there with Kenny, my black husband. And oh, I was like, I'm like what? What, are, what does diverse mean to you, sir? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wasn't really like understanding what he was saying to me. And I was also like, whoa, what the heck? Where did he live? Like near He I literally live? lived like across the street from um, Kalama's. Yeah, with some military Navy SEALs that they rented this fat house with. Yeah, it was really interesting. It was, re- oh, it was really interesting, but it plays along with... Even just on our street, it's like... Um, I think maybe now like one, two, three. Maybe even more just on our street alone when the families passed away and, mm-hmm. and nobody could afford it are all either bought or now rented by military. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And um geologically Kailua is by Kaneohe and Kaneohe has a pretty big Marine Corps base so that's why a lot of the military pe- personnel live in that area. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean this is a beautiful place to live and if yeah. you have assistance for yeah. living then yeah. why not choose why not? a great place? Why not? Okay. So where are you now? Um, I am (laughs) currently with baby and he's, um, playing with his vacuum, but he loves to clean. I am at the Muku Moon. Okay. I'm at like, I'm at that. Hilo, Hoaka, like this is with the moons that are going on right now, right? I'm at the new moon, and I mean that figuratively and literally, in that I have recently left my job of four years with Kekioka Aina, um, where I was a parent participation preschool. Kumo and site coordinator and I also was a manager for the parent participation preschool program um, and that also goes in line with my almost decade of being a teacher so I have just finished that so now I am like oh. <laughs> I don't even know I'm just like it no I do know but it it feels like I'm in the wind I'm blowing in the wind. But I know I'm not. I'm actually, like, down at the roots and planting things to go forward. It's very exciting. It's a little scary. But um, this is a right move for my family and for myself. There's just so many things on the horizon that we have discussed, you and I, Mm -hmm. and that we feel like it's very important for us to be a part of the rebuilding. Mm -hmm. Um, That you know it was a time for me to kind of be like okay i tried the whole parenting ideal where you're a working mom like what even is that right is there even a working dad 
Like, is that even a, a saying? I've even... never heard of working dad before. Okay, but have you heard of working mom? Yes. Always, right? Working dad. Like. Wait, it's... wait, wait. Why? Ha- we have never heard working dad before. I've never heard that. Working because dad. it's like, it's just this, this impossible standard, right? That you're supposed to be able to meet both being a mother but need it around being like a working person and um yeah I'm, i've kind of gotten into a place where it's like okay actually let's flip the script and instead be a mother and make sure my hana and my work falls in line with what i have to do as a mommy mm-hmm. and works around mm-hmm. and works for and mm-hmm. towards momming momming yeah Makua, yeah. yeah, being a makua. I just thought about um, how like they don't say working dad probably because like it's implied that the dad should be working. Yeah, there's some type of implication. Yeah. Also, I feel like there is not as many barriers to the father to be doing both. Both, right? Right. For a mom to be doing both, there's all these barriers in yeah. place. Like it's not really built for momming yeah and then we i mean we could just say parenting in general right like we can go even deeper as like especially not momming because you can think about like the physiological sure the biological need need. of like if you're a breastfeeding mother right um if you're the person who baby is like relying on for sustenance right yeah but um, we definitely can go into how parenting is not uplifting that right. either. Right. You know, if you're if you're a father and you have to like go and pick up your child because they're sick, do you have a hard time? Are you giving a hard time, or is it like, oh no, oh no, go. This is how it works. Right. You're a dad. Right. I don't know. You know, I don't know how that experience is for dad. Yeah. Yeah, I I just read an article the other day about um, Google and how employees without children were complaining about you know, things that were given to parents <gasps> to help oh them during gosh. this time. And I thought it was so interesting. And it, um, This I, is it, right? This is it, 100% what you're saying, because it's like, this is not an accommodation for me, right? It's being treated as if having my child with me is an accommodation, right? Or having to take a 15-minute break to pump is an accommodation. It's like the the fabric of our society is whether or not these children survive, right? Like whether or not they grow up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yet we're treating it as if all of the steps in order to make that happen are accommodations right. in the workplace. Yeah. This is like something that I'm not saying that this is something that Kekioka Aina was like causing mm-hmm. in my life. What I'm saying is this is something that happens kind of across the yeah. board. Yeah. You know, and it's considered normal yeah. even though it is not normal. Right. And that's where we step into where we are now. Like right. because eyes are open to this, because of this unprecedented time and people are working at home mm-hmm. and have their kids with them also hundred percent of the time. And then people who are no longer able to work because their jobs got shut down, just because of all of these things happening, it's like just an amazing time to pause and halt and actually reflect. Like, just because it's normal doesn't mean it should be normal. Right. Doesn't mean it actually is normal. Right. 
yeah or how we want it to be right yeah. imagine if we're like okay we give no benefit to parents and we just you gotta figure it out and then parents are like we're all out like they would lose a huge portion of the workforce but also there's if people just started decided not to have babies anymore then like what is the point yeah right like yeah i don't know is that an interlude that's an interlude so where are you going with with this consciousness with this coming to of your consciousness yes where are you going i'm taking a deep dive into the well of our kupuna you like that? Yeah, you guys showed us all that had motions, though. <laughs> there, there was motions to that, that answer. Uh, <clears throat> kupuna is the Hawaiian word for our ancestors. And so just turning back that, that time, flipping through, this, through all of the manuscripts, like what was, how should it be, and then going forth from there. Mm-hmm. You know, feeling comfortable Mm -hmm. with making those changes Mm -hmm. and working towards those changes being uh, sustaining, Mm -hmm. sustainable, Mm -hmm. like um, systemic, Mm -hmm. you know, just not being afraid of that. Um, But interesting enough that puna in kupuna means well, Mm -hmm. a well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so literally... A, like a well of knowledge, mm-hmm. a well of wealth, mm-hmm. of feeling good, mm-hmm. of being okay. Mm-hmm. I'm standing in there. Cool is to stand mm-hmm. for that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So we're standing in that wellness. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And um, I think it's just super appropriate to start there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, there's a lot of ways that that's going to work out. <laughs> but um, I most recently started doing a training for for doula ship so this is birth work and being a birth support person not just birth pregnancy birth postpartum (laughs) and um, in doing that work I really became interested in how did Hawaiians do this what was the history like when things switched over you know when when it went from being mostly in the home birth to mostly in the hospital birth Mm -hmm. that happened really fast Mm-hmm. In Hawaii, what was that like? And the fact that 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 line of kupuna are still somewhat accessible, mm-hmm. that knowledge. There's still some kupuna around who had tutus and aunties that were giving birth in the mm-hmm. home. Um, and who had fathers mm-hmm. who were palekeki, or, or um, like what we consider today a midwife. Mm-hmm. You know, Not just the women, but mm-hmm. also the men. Mm-hmm. Who had these spiritual journeys while they were giving birth that like informed how they would name their keiki that informed what practices they were going to use to ease the birth Mm -hmm. you know there's still people alive who have access to that Mm -hmm. and um in my study of birth work and being a doula i hope to speak with those people Mm -hmm. you know whatever they're willing to share um i've i've been adopting tutus like since my tutu passed away because my tutu was always like my safe place and my papa Mm -hmm. you know like it's just the places that I went Mm -hmm. in Waimea or to my tutu's house in Kailua so like ever since they went away I've just been adopting grandparents wherever I go 
or or my requesting them to adopt me. <laughs> Will you honey me, please? Mm-hmm. Um, like, and you know they usually do with open arms. So that's one place where we're going. And then the other, of course, is working very closely with you, my dear cousin, on our baby, Makuavalu. Yeah, and this is this is also ancestrally driven. You know, this this project of ours is also meant to explore, you know, how did our families, how did our society function in a way that kept Ohana well, mm-hmm. you know, radical healing mm-hmm. and collective strengthening. How did they show up to different parts of a child's life, a keiki's life as a collective? Mm-hmm in ways that were super strong and and we just look at the word makua alone and we learn right through um makavalu or through kind of looking at it from eight eyes we learn that makua is that whole line of your parents and your parents siblings any aunties and uncles you know that whole line is all informing and all a part of the parenting of the child mm-hmm. um and then even if we go even more into it a lot of the first kiki born were given to the tutu, you know, tutu wahine, tutu man. Um, and so that even more so was to kind of make sure that the knowledge from that from that higher generation is passed down mm-hmm. and taught yeah. to the newest kiki. Um, that was supernatural yeah. in our society. Yeah. So I'm not saying that Makuaval is about, you know denying your children away but what it is about is looking at parenting from a deep um oh are you okay you are doing so good round of applause for mr kaula first baby on the cast um it's about decolonizing parenting Mm -hmm. the way that we look at parenting Mm -hmm. and the way we show up for parenting Mm -hmm. and yeah everything that deals with that Mm -hmm. We have lots of goals. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah. And I think one, one thing too about, you know, your dive into kupuna, it's a lot of un- awakening of what's, what kupuna is inside of you, you know, like that, that just intuitive knowledge and that, that knowing that it's not just coming from you as Havel, but from all of the things that make up who you are and who's come, at, you know, behind you. Yeah. And who are saying, do this, Havel, do this, like whispering to your na'au. Through you, Havel, do this. Havel, just do it. Just throw the chicken in the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's a joke because Havel and I um, recently yeah. kind of made a commitment to cook through our, our tutukale's um, recipes. recipes. And, yeah. you know, we don't know our tutukale. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of what we create of her and what we make of her is mm-hmm. as we experience things she's left behind or just like... Mm-hmm just imagining who she was or yeah, yeah. you know kind of letting that like how she was in the kitchen when she was making that right. Korean chicken you know like and then I we cooked it and we ate it and I was like oh my gosh my tutu Kole was a good woman <laughs> you know yeah and that and that matches a lot of the stories that we know about yeah. our tutu Kole you know and um absolutely I think with with Mokuovalu um it's it's coming into fruition what I think she would have wanted and what all of our grandparents across the board 
all of all of the kupuna in general would have wanted the coming together of the people to do the work you know to to be what they saw us being you know they to when it even gets hard how do you stay in the room and let that that pass and and talk through it you know and um, how do you keep the connections knowing that the connections are necessary for the generations to come you know and uh, yeah we have a picture on our post um, on our page of like these two tutuwahine kind of holding hands and they're yeah. wrapped in a Hawaiian flag and they're on Mauna Kea but you know Noelle and I wanted to use that picture because it just seemed, reminded us of like what our kupuna probably looked like you know in heaven mm-hmm. like laughing mm-hmm. holding hands and and kind of pointing us and nudging us like in the right direction the ways they want us to go mm-hmm. and and it just you know right it being it being happy and enjoying yeah. that we're showing up to the healing yeah i saw this quote that really resonated with me about you know every time you show up to or maybe someone said it i mm. i just get inundated with so much information and data and quotes and stuff good great stuff but you know being on instagram is like every five seconds so i don't know who said it but kudos to you about you know every time you do show up for this like your kupuna celebrate your ancestors yeah. are happy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think that's totally true yeah beautiful beautiful and i and i think about it too how about you're coming into this future that you see with um mm-hmm. with you know this experience of having spent so much time with littles Mm-hmm. And when you're a teacher of littles, there's so much observation and sure. leadership from the child that comes that you're really coming into this um, yeah. to work on their level as well, you know, and a lot and kind of switch yeah. up the dynamic of what parenting looks like. Sure. I totally agree with that. Um, I mean, that's just in line with the fact that I said, you know, I can, I can no longer do my job. You know, I can no longer show up yeah. for my work in this way. Yeah. Because I realized that in order for me to show up to work, like, it has to kind of um, meet a time schedule around him a little. And people will hear that and they'll blow their mind. Mm. They'll be like, what? You know, you you cannot work from 8 to 12. You know, and it's like, well, you want me to work four hours, right? So... Why can't it be that I work for four hour, two hours when he takes his morning nap and two hours when he takes his afternoon nap? You know, it, it will blow people's minds yeah. who are like, no, you show up from eight to five, whatever your hours are. You leave, you go home, and then you do your, mm-hmm. then you do your, uh, your parenting stuff. Don't bring your parenting <laughs> stuff over here. I don't need, uh, I don't need we don't need to hear it. This mm-hmm. is a business. This is corporate world. Mm-hmm. This is capitalism. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so we just don't have... It's in a line with that. Yeah. Like, I actually am not here for that anymore. And a lot of parents aren't there yeah. for that anymore. You see it more and yeah. more, you know. And they're like, okay, how can I hustle? Yeah. How can I make this work still grind for my family, but, like, do it around my, my family? My family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah beautiful okay what is your superpower okay so first of all my first superpower is the shared superpower amongst all my femi sisters <laughs> okay you, um, again you should have saw the, oh. the the hand motions to that okay. expression amongst of her life all my wahine okay in the house because you know what our superpower is showing up against all odds 
you know, just always showing up and mm-hmm. doing really well mm-hmm. in arenas that were never built for us to play in. Mm-hmm. Okay, they they just they just weren't they weren't created for us to play in, and yet we show up. And we, we kick everybody's butts, you know? We're like, all right, fine, you want me to play this stupid game? I'll play by your rules. And then we kick everybody's butts, and then they're like, oh, man, I suck at this game. Maybe I should, whatever. Maybe I should change the game, right? So that's our first superpower, you know? Like, really, you know? You're, you show up to a world where they tell you that your body is, your, your body is not worthy mm-hmm. of love. Mm-hmm. Like, as a little girl, mm-hmm. right? So first of all, you show up to that. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, no, 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 I'm still gonna, I'm gonna believe in myself. I'm still gonna be beautiful. I'm gonna, you know, think that I'm worthy of love. But everything's gonna tell you otherwise, mm-hmm. you know. That's rough for, for girls, for our young girls, man. But you, like, you're resilient. You yeah. live through it. Yeah. And then one day you're like, damn, I'm, I'm great. I look great, whatever, yeah. you know, like this body rocks like you know like you just you you find you get to that place um but yeah i'm going off on so many tangents but i i do believe it happens so often in in a girl's life in women's life you know that you're being asked to play on an unfair Mm -hmm. playing ground Mm -hmm. and yet Mm -hmm. and yet you still meet and exceed expectations So that's everybody's superpower for my women. And then my second superpower is that I'm not afraid to be like, nah, that sucks. (laughs) Hell yeah. My second superpower is that I am the type of person who's just, I'll try it. I'll, I'll play a game. I'll play along. And then I'll decide, you know what? That really, that's really broken. You know, and I'm not here for it. Yeah. I'm not gonna show up for it. Mm-hmm. I can't stand behind it. And I, and I'm. Somebody had told me my my coworker Barb. She told me, "Oh yeah, Avail, like that is you. You know, I I respect that about you. Like once you you've made up your mind about something, then mm-hmm. that's it about it. Um, yeah." So I think that's my second superpower. You know, I don't let anybody talk down on women who want to breastfeed. You know, like I don't let anybody talk down on women who said they couldn't breastfeed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, um, you didn't fail. You know, society failed you. Yeah. You know, and I, I have no problem saying it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's my second superpower. Mm. Which kind of. <laughs> You know, some people don't want to be my friend because of their power, but that's okay. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, th- I think um, I think that's something people are longing for is that decisiveness and that ability to be like, if you're open to sharing why you think that, that helps me, mm-hmm. right? Or watching you say no mm-hmm. or this is not okay helps me to learn to say no, it's not okay. Yeah. You know, and I think that's important because we... We, we see a lot of tag-alongs. Sure. No, saying no is like, I didn't realize that it is such a challenge for so many people. Mm-hmm. And I'm out here just like passing out <laughs> no's. Like I'm Oprah Winfrey. And um, it's her Christmas special okay, giveaway. Wow. Sh- wow. Oprah gone. Like, Oprah gives stuff, Havel, not no's. <laughs> but no's are freeing too. Yeah. That's true. 
I that's mean, they, true. They, that's they, a spin on Oprah like I've never seen before. I'm just saying, like, I, so sometimes it's hard for me to, like, relate to other people when they tell me, like, oh, I can't say no. Yeah. You know, so it, it takes a lot for me to just kind of um, step out, out of my, uh, you know, like, fiery, passionate self <laughs> and just calm down and be like, okay, you know, there's reasons why this person is having a hard time with this and it's okay. Yeah. Everybody grows in their own time. Yeah. I'm grateful to have Havel on my team because I am one of those people who struggle with no. Um, sometimes. Other times I'm like, nah, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> sometimes I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The run, the run around. Sh- she put me on the um, merry-go-round. Yeah. Yeah. And then I say, oh, tell myself, what's going on here? Oh, she doesn't like the idea. She just doesn't want to tell me. It's okay. <laughs> okay. So question number, how do you practice grace? What number are we on? Number seven. Great. How do you practice grace with yourself, others, or the work that you do? How do you practice grace? This is kind of an in alignment with what we just talked about how you're like oh sometimes i have to like drop back in my ability to say no to hear where that person is coming from or, mm-hmm. or what else is going on so how do you practice grace sure okay so i don't know if you remember but you know inoa our names tying back to that is you know our families name us something because they want to breathe a certain life into us mm-hmm. you know they they hope and they they have hopes and prayers that, you know, the keiki will kind of come into this name. And usually keiki do come into their names mm-hmm. one way or another. Uh, so I don't know if you remember, but my nickname when we were growing up was Grace. Mm-hmm. Mm. From my family. Mm. Mainly from my mother. She called me Grace all the time. Oh. Okay. She called me Grace for two reasons. One, I was very clumsy. So she was very hopeful that I would become less clumsy. <laughs> How'd um, that work out? I'm I am less clumsy now that I'm older. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm way less clumsy now that I'm older. So there was some growth there. She breathed some graceful life into into the way I move about the earth. And then the second reason why she named me Grace was also because I had the hardest time dealing with things mm. that just didn't go mm. the way that I expected them to go. Mm. I had the hardest time. Um, being graceful with myself mm. yeah and with others mm. so she called me grace constantly mm. yeah so um i mean i practice grace nowadays in a few ways uh one is like by, by having plants now and watering them and stuff like that and and tending to loi with my family you know my sister mehana and her ohana they got a lot over at Kako'o'o'ivi. Um, it came into our care. Yeah, so doing that type of work helps me through grace because kind of like you mess up a little or, you know, I burnt my plant because I left it out in the sun. When it's, a, when it's a shaded plant. But I thought, you know, the plant needs a little bit of sun. Like, anyways, I burnt it. And I was so upset with myself. I'm like, I'm a horrible plant mother. I'm just the worst. <laughs> I should give up. But anyways, I didn't give up. And I decided, okay, let's just have practice some grace, breathe, and water the plant, you know, tend to the plant. Now the plant's doing well. Oh, great. You know, so I think gardening helps with that. Mm-hmm. It also helps because 
you when you want to do a good job you kind of have to get into the weeds of things Mm -hmm. but it's a good reminder because like you just have to weed the plant once Mm -hmm. Uh, you know because you notice that it's getting a little over okay weed it water it and then most of the work the plant like the garden Mm -hmm. does on its own Mm -hmm. you know if you just put in that good intention Mm -hmm. and you're being observant of what's Mm -hmm. going on you think oh that needs a little fertilizer just sprinkle a little then the rest of the work is like you don't have to be hovering and you don't have to be you don't want to get stuck in the mud like you clear out something and then you're like trying to find more and more things that are wrong with you it's like no 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 it's okay like you you cleared it Mm -hmm. you know you can keep going it's super metaphorical i'm sorry if you didn't follow that at all but that is (laughs) no i loved it that is grace for me Mm. and how i'm trying to practice Mm. it i love it okay what is something you're grateful for what something I'm grateful for? What number is that? Number eight. Oh, okay, okay, great. Um, I'm so grateful for my baby, Kaula, and I'm so grateful for my family, and I'm grateful for. The, you know. COVID is like a really really hard time on like all of us but I'm also grateful for this time because there's been a lot of reset that's Mm -hmm. been allowed to happen yeah there's have been good things that have come from this time yeah beautiful okay rapid fire you did a great job on those and we have enough time for our rapid fire so 48 minutes here we go rapid fire you can't react to my answers okay favorite color I wasn't ready okay favorite color tarot what? <laughs> okay. Okay. Favorite number. Twelve. Something you're hopeful for. Um. New movies to come out. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite word? Oh shit! I don't have one. Um. one okay um not my thing something that brings you joy my house plants favorite environmental feature thunder number one fan Tomekai. that's her husband fiance finish this statement water is our most valuable resource that we must protect with our lives Kalima. come on give Yay, some play Wow, that was great, Havel. I really appreciated and loved your grace story because that makes me think of like my me- my mothering methodology. Uh-huh. Just you know, pick some couple weeds and it's gonna figure itself out. Mm-hmm. No need like get too deep into it. Just tend to and mix it up. You know, you gotta go to all the places in the. Lo- you cannot just be in one area. You have to keep moving. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Um, I, I really like that a lot. That was a good metaphor. I see you practicing that in your parenting. Yeah. I mean, I think I try to keep up. <laughs> That's a big part of parenting. Yeah. Keeping up with your kids. They're all here. And they're all over. Yeah. But anyway, um, this was beautiful. Um, Kaula, mahalo, piha for, for bringing your energy into the space with us. Thanks, baby boy. You the best. And I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm rooting for you. I'm I'm honoring you. I'm honoring you. And I'm just out here dancing with you. 
Mahalo Piha for listening and come back next time. Shoots. Ahui ho, malama pono, and thrive on in your beautiful resilience.